Uh, welcome to One Off The Wood. Is that a professional fade out that you just did then? That was a very professional fade out. Good. It's um, called dragging the, for those who aren't watching at home, dragging the iPhone away from the speaker slowly until we get a proper edit on our intro song. Right. Thanks. Sick. Um, good to see you, Andy, by the way. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, As I was saying, welcome to One Off The Wood with your host, Andy, and... Was. That's uh, the Zus. That is us. Tell we've us been well, mate. We've been trying to do this for a while. Let's not lie. You've been trying to do it. I've been trying to avoid You're it. You're fighting this. Are you here <laughs> against here. your will? Yeah. <laughs> well, the daylight savings really screwed us because I feel like we're yeah. in Perth now in the same hotel room. Yep. Separate beds. I actually live here. You're. Uh, Yep, so I'm based in Melbourne, you're based in Perth, there's a three hour time difference, so by the time you're finishing work, I'll be going to bed, because I generally go to bed at <laughs> nine o'clock, which is not even a joke. Yeah, it, it just doesn't work, it doesn't yeah. work, but neither of us live, or live where we actually grew up, because no. you from Tassie, and then moved up to Melbourne, and I'm from Melbourne. That's moved, right, uh, I moved to Melbourne to live with you, actually, and that was a <laughs> terrible decision. <laughs> yeah. It was sort of hidden under a veil of going to do some extra uh, university studies, but it was mainly just to live with you and go surfing. And <laughs> yeah, a little bit degenerate. <laughs> be a degenerate. Yeah, good. So I suppose, uh, uh, fuck knows who's going to actually listen to this, but uh, whoever is listening to this, we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit, maybe start with uh, how we know each other Yeah. and how we ended up in this hotel room in Northbridge. Some years later. Some years later. Well, it was a um, winter. It was a cool, cool where, winter. where did we meet, Warren? What year was it? It was, it was uh, 2004. We, uh, did, we, did you go up for the pre-meeting at Hotham? The, the weekend before open, we had a training weekend. Yep, I did. I went up there. That would have been it. Uh, as a 21-year-old. And I felt old, surrounded yeah. by the people that were there. <laughs> so we, we had jobs as lifties and... Yeah, we were up there the weekend before to meet meet everyone, and I was one of the older crew at 21. Yeah, me, me the 18-year-old. I'd never actually been to a snowfield. Well, I think I might have seen snow in Victoria once or twice, but never skied before, never snowboarded. Just bluffed my way into getting a job with, uh, yeah, 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 I've uh, ridden a few times, and uh, we both found ourselves as lifty jobs, just just getting lit at the general. That was pretty much introduction to being a lifty. I don't remember you from that weekend though. No, I was one. not that memorable, I'd say. I, I was there because I went up with my other Tasmanian friends, Dan and Mim. Dan and Mim, yeah. And, and then we went back down to Melbourne because there was no work <clears throat> and went on it. Yeah, I can't remember what we did. We stayed in the backpackers. Yeah, weeks. and then we drove back up Yeah, a bit later. Yeah, sick. So you'd come back from doing a snow season in the States. Yep, so I just, I was doing computer science at uni in Hobart I'd done a couple of years of it and then I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and I saw some at an ad in the paper that you, you can get a work visa in States, go skiing. I'd done a bit of skiing then, just weekends. Thought I was a pretty good skier. So, yeah, went to the States, rocked up in California with no job. And some guy's like, oh, hey, there's a, there's a lifty job in Vermont. You should just t- take that. It sounds, it's a skiers only mountain. It'll be cool. And I was like, oh, Vermont, sweet. He goes, yeah, get the bus. I was like, cool, I'll get the bus. So I went and got a bus ticket from LA to Vermont. 
LA to Vermont. That's a, Vermont's near New York, isn't it's it? It's like hours north of New York. It took like four days. And it was like a snowstorm. It, they the have bus kept getting stuck. Planes, right? You could have, this wasn't that long ago. You're not that old. Yeah, but it was pre-internet being helpful for travel. So I was just taking what this guy told me to do. It was an adventure, but wouldn't do it again. That's for sure. Like it was four days. It was The bus was... I had lots of different buses. I saw all of America from a bus seat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, got stuck in blizzards and things. And Do you have an iPod? You probably had like 20 tunes or a discman. I think I had like a 256 megabyte MP3 player that I'd, yeah, non-brand. Good, sick. You could put like 100 songs on it. <laughs> Band time. So fast forward. So we were at Hotham. I'd bluff my way in to get a job. We ended up, it actually, 2004, look up the data on this. It was a pretty good season. Yeah. So being a lifty and I, I had finished school, I thought I was going to study physio or something and then uh, really had no idea what I wanted to do and decided uh a friend of mine damo shout out damo was like let's uh he's like you should go and work at the snow i think he was frothing it and wanted to do it so i just applied to two mountains and got two jobs and went up and did it and uh ended up there learning to ski i remember my first day skiing to work down down uh <laughs> past village chair i'd been learning in like the basin like learning mm. to hike up 20 meters and slide down pretending I was surfing which is an early season snow is nothing like it at all it was a big achievement the first day I actually rode to work without falling over on my ass but uh we ended up working there and this is like the best gap year you can do I reckon out of school like I went to a private school you know I thought I knew a few things of life I'd grown up in the outdoors camping and whatever but this was like different you were fed a family how many lifties were there 60 like I reckon 50, 40, 40, 50, 50, yeah, more. Yeah. There's heaps. Heaps. 13 lifts. Yes. So it was this epic family and we were just like out on the town every night, $6 jugs on the mountain for staff. And it was like hammered at home by 12 was my theory because you could then get up and go to work every day. But somehow through that season, you and I latched onto each other, didn't we? We did early on, latched on. I was super keen to ski. I was like so pumped on it. I just really I wanted to do everything ski off cliffs ski over jumps and thought I was really good <laughs> and in hindsight wasn't that good and you were complete kook complete kook but equally as keen as me so we definitely frothing that's that's my that's something that I still have today where I just don't like being shit at things no and I'll get something and I get a taste for it and I'm like right I've got to do that and figure out where the limit of my abilities to do this thing are so I Pick, like having you know, skateboard and surf, you kind of pick it up pretty quickly, but just was just go so hard. keen to jump off anything. Yeah. The, and you, I, I was a little bit older than you, being the old 21-year-old and you're 18. And I, could, <laughs> I could convince, like I was keen to do things, but I could definitely convince you to do it first, just to <laughs> test if it was okay. Yeah. And you didn't really take much convincing back back then no 18 year old me just discovered the world yeah. Yeah, you can jump off that roof you can jump off that cliff onto that flat landing we could do a jump here you could yeah yeah anything let's build a kicker you go and talk <laughs> to that girl <laughs> uh yeah that's um so and then after that well you went back and did a few seasons i went back the next year as a lifty 
Yeah. We'll be back uh, for work taking for, uh, taking photos with snow picks. One of the great jobs that you can have on the mountain. <laughs> it took me a while because I was I went to uni the next year, so I had six weeks uni break, which was pushing it, and mm. then came back and taught the new lifties, and then worked a bit, and then saw you guys just chilling, we're shooting photos. Yeah, we we were. It's a pretty so the job the photo job is you build these little jumps that are horrible with flat landings and. Um, people who are up there on a week holiday will go over it. You take a photo that makes them look as good as they could possibly look and sell it to them for $25 for a 4x6 print. And then you take a $5 commission for every photo you sell. So you generally make, I can't remember, but like two or 300 bucks a week maybe. Yeah. And the biggest week I had, I made $1,000 and I thought, I was like killing it. We're probably selling out IJ's business here, but uh, yeah. About so to the year after that, I went and worked with you guys 2016. And uh, do you remember IJ was in? This was like 2016 was a horrific season, but it meant that we could shoot photos of every single person that was on the. That mountain. was the year I made a thousand dollars in a week. Yeah, this is yeah. the week I reckon yeah. because we were, everyone was funneled through Village Chair, yep. and that little kicker we had there, and everyone got shot, and it's wet, and it's shitty so everybody's in early they go to the photo booth they're looking at it and IJ remember he fell off um, he put his foot through a milk crate and cut his finger or I, was, he was in te- I told someone that story today so he was standing on three milk crates <laughs> cleaning his gutters out his leg went through the milk crate this is off topic now and got stuck on his thigh and the pain of that didn't uh, mean that he didn't notice that he'd almost cut his little finger completely off on the on the guttering on right? the guttering yeah <laughs> and it, it messed his hand up for a long time and so so this <laughs> it just it says a lot about IJ but he's in he's down in Melbourne hospital and he's like when we'd sell our photos because obviously it's you know in our interest to sell our pics and IJ just stand behind the crowd like at the photo booth like like ching 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 Ball, put in or piss off. That was his. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he calls up from the hospital and he's like, "What's the till say? What's the till say?" Like, yeah, get us, get us a read on. The I don't even fucking know how to work the till because most of it was just cash anyway. And like, it's all yeah, cash. Yeah, yeah. Choo, 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 choo. Pop it in. And uh, F plus no one. And, and uh, this day, that that week was, was just rain. It was horrific. We we shot like two and a half days each, I reckon. Yeah. And then. Uh, IJ, we kept reading the bills. I think we did like, do you want to throw a number out there? Well, I'm pretty sure it was 10 grand. Well, if I made a like, thousand, then yeah. I mean, he made, that means he made, uh, gone maths here. Yeah. 5,000. Five times that. Yeah. <laughs> and there was probably four of us made that. Yeah. So, well, I, I reckon I made like 600 bucks or yeah, something. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was uh, easily 10, 10 grand for the week. 10 grand. Which and is, he was frothing. That's the biggest week he'd done losing his shit. Yeah. He didn't know that we'd shot two and a half days each, skied our asses off and gone to see the choir boys midweek or something. Oh, he, he wasn't happy the next week when he went to pay me. He was right, He was on like the ComBank app sending the $1,000 to me. He's like, I don't want to give you this, Andy. I was like, Ian, mate, like the amount of times I've been on uh, minimum wage around here. <laughs> yeah. And if I made 1000 then <laughs> I think you've made money. Just transfer the funds, sir. Anyway, the, like, we uh, fuck. We've just digressed there, well and yeah. truly. But Ian's but still up times. there, and he's still doing it. And every time I see him, he froths and he talks about this is his last season. But I, I think he'll do it till he till he dies. So that's fourteen years ago. Fourteen and a half years ago, we actually uh, well, I did the first ski season. 
we met and hang out and we had this little click like I, I it was liked, love at first sight it was love at first sight I liked I liked your enthusiasm for uh, pushing the boundaries and we, we did a fair bit of hiking that year like out yeah. backcountry stuff and that is I don't know like the, something about not being in the normal but we did have a little little bromance maybe it was one way tell me it wasn't one way backcountry no it was definitely two way <laughs> bromance and there's less people in the backcountry then and we had no idea what we were doing but we were out there we were getting, getting it done. It's like two and a half meter season or something. Two, yep. yeah, but you're more than that. Over two and a half meters, but we did. We got, we got right into that, and then I did. I think you would have come down to visit Tasmania straight after. Straight after, I was like, right, I'm down because because Dan, who you were up with as well, so I was like, oh, I had the year off, and I was just going to do good stuff, and I got back. I was like, right, I'm going to go down Tassie because these boys are sick. So Dan's working for an adventure company at the time. I'm not sure what you were doing, chilling. And I uh, think I was working some, oh, a bit for adventure company. I worked for Office Works as well. Oh, that's right. I was, yes. I've done a lot of weird jobs yeah. over those yeah. times. <laughs> and uh, so we went down, and that was the sickest trip because I'd, I had no agenda. I was there for two weeks. The first day I got the ferry down. Drove down to Hobart, I was straight into rock climbing and then jumped in with Dan, pretended I was a punter and went on a rafting trip up north. Like The next day we're surfing, the day after that we got driven up the mountain, we mountain biked down Mount Wellington. I was like, this place is this is sick. And that just sparked it from there. That, that time in Tassie as well, that's what it was like all the time as well. Yeah, when you're 21, like, you don't have anything 21, to do. We had a, you had a bit of uni to do. Mm. and but So there might be the odd time where you had to do exams or whatever. But generally, every day, you're either surfing or hiking or mountain biking or whitewater kayaking. It was... It was good. Them were the days. Yeah, good, epic times. And since then, I've done 10 trips to Tassie. 10? 10. 10, yeah, yeah. Holy I, shit. And you, you, I don't know if you remember this, but you said, uh, we'll give you an honorary Taswegian citizenship if I, if I have 10 trips and yeah. surf every coast, which we managed to do. Um, so... I, I haven't lived in Tassie for almost 10 years, so I'm not really, shouldn't be handing out honorary <laughs> citizenships. So I'm technically don't even have a, I've got a birth certificate, I guess, but. Right. Yeah. So what, um, to put it bluntly, what the fuck are we doing here? What is this? What's All going right. on? Well, why, if 18 years later, we've met, we had a little bromance. 18? We've, four, sorry, 14. Jeez, yeah, that would maths, maths. We've, uh, we've both, uh, had a little well. We've had, we had the snowman. Snowman. Snowman's. Followed yes. by a bromance. We had countless trips. We lived together. Then we probably didn't see each other for a while there when we were on opposite sides of the world and the well, country. It might as well be the world. Fair. Yeah. Um, but now, I guess I'm in Perth a bit. Yeah. For work, and we're like, fuck. We have probably such good conversations. That, that need to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's definitely not it. <laughs> I remember thinking, damn, we're very interesting. <laughs> no, what are we doing? Oh, shit. We're doing, we're making a podcast. We thought, we do talk a lot of shit, but between the two of us, we both have now what I like to call an adult job. I seem to have been fucking Peter Pan and made it to past my 30s well not past into my 30s without uh, settling down you had an adult we, job though for a while there since since 2010 I've had adult jobs 
Mm. But I fight the adultness and get scared every few years, do something a bit outrageous and run away from the adult job. Well, I think something... Three years is my threshold, generally. What Um, I was interested in this, which is related to that, is juggling the different things that you want to do. Are you the same person hanging out with your mates as you are at work? Am I? Yeah. Oh, it depends who I'm talking to. So if I don't say anything, then <laughs> yes. No, sometimes it, it just depends. It works weird because it does twist you into a different person sometimes. But you have to be. You have to be yeah. professional. There's a professional you element. You have to be professional. And like, uh, it's the, it's the like I wonder where, who's going to be the next prime minister of this country? You know, like I remember when Julia Gillard got in and there was she did like blackface or something at a party. Did she really? years ago? I don't know. She went. She dressed up as something outrageous at a party in during university, and then it came up. And it's like someone had an obscure photo that was super pixelated, but they, you know, it was scandalous. And, uh, and you know, that, that was what was coming up. I think about like how much is recorded on Snapchat and everything these days. Everything is recorded. Everyone's got a phone in their hand. Who's going to be the prime minister in 50 years? I like that Trump has pushed some serious ground on that. He's just moved the, yeah. the market forward get away significantly. Well, I think the problem is that you end up with really boring people in those jobs and you will end up with more and more boring people. We're not going to. Surely you can't just get some clean slate to stand up and represent the country just because they've got the cleanest slate around. It depends what you've done. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, blackface. Maybe you definitely can't do it now, but if you had done it 30 years ago, you might get away with being Prime Minister. Did she do it? Is that a thing? Did I make it I just Googled it and I... I can't see anything. She said something. She stood up for a Hey Hey at Saturday uh, skit, which there was a blackface skit. That's the only thing I can find. We don't have anyone to do full-time fact-checking. <laughs> but let's just say, she, like while, she, while Julia she... Gillard was the Prime Minister, she turned up to work one day in blackface. <laughs> uh, we'll check the facts Good. on that later. I look forward to the lawsuit, the defamation suit, because this is obviously tarnishing her relationship Australia-wide, probably mm. worldwide right now. So Could Trump's I... pushed the boundaries of what you can get away with and still be a world leader. So mm. if he... I don't think I've done... As bad a things as Trump? I don't know. What, what does he I do? I don't know. Uh, let's not go there. I I, go there. I, it's, a, it's a world... What do, you, what do you do for work now? So you... Oh, computer so, science? You studied computer I, science. So I quit computer science back in the day. Mm. I went back to uni after... Uh, and studied I wanted to study environmental science but I ended up studying environmental geography there's a slight different one's easier than the other (laughs) so I did I studied environmental geography finished that and was like "Hmm, probably can't get a job with this degree Uh, good opportunity to move to Melbourne did a master's in geospatial information GIS geographical information systems which is basically maps and shit yeah I've explained that to people before as exactly that. What does Andy do? Oh, GIS, he makes maps and shit. So I did, yeah, you make, you make maps and things. You think like, how does uh, Uber work? Well, it's got a whole bunch of GIS um, stuff in the background that makes things work. Yeah. Uh, so I did that and I worked making maps for a while. Um, but now I'm sort of more into strategizing and less of the map making and more just staring at maps and <laughs> stroking my beard. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's, a, there's a bit of overlap almost in what we do. So I studied economics and finance. 
right? I had no idea what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be physio. I went to Hoth and realized that maybe I want to be a porn star. Decided probably don't have the equipment to be in that career. Definitely not. Back to uni and uh, do a... <laughs> I studied commerce, but economics and finance. I didn't. I studied. I did physics, chemistry, all the maths at school because that's what I loved and I was good at, and I just rocked on with that. And then didn't do any business. Got to uni. Economics just like economics is like the physics of people. Of it's like it's the balance between peaks. psychology and actual physics of like what physics turns the world. And then economics is what we decide, how we decide to turn the world. It's amazing. You can explain everything with economics and it's just, oh, it, it blows me out today. Like I actually Can you explain how black holes work with economics? Well, with physics, I can explain why we're not living in a black hole with economics. It's, it's very dense. You probably can't even speak to your neighbor because the sound can't leave your mouth. Okay. So there's, there's not much trade going on in black holes. It's very dense though. So is it (laughs) people like you who really love economics and are inspired by it who are to blame for the financial crisis that we had back in the 2009? I like to think it's greed that does that. Okay. We can can delve many times later. Although you could just go and watch The Big Short because that's a brilliant film. It does a pretty good job of it. Remind me to tell you about The Big Short with reference to making markets on bull riding later because that's genius Tell revelation from this week from this all right oh okay all right i'll tell you now so um actually don't tell us now to fuck <laughs> do you want to hear it yeah it's okay. good but there might be a few things that so but i just assumptions to be made so we can get back to your um economics background and let's jump forward to now <laughs> where you're a professional semi-professional bull rider so and using economics and bull riding and the big short movie Right, so, welcome. <laughs> so basically, right... Welcome to Warren's oh, Weird Life. I've been uh, somehow, rather, I'm sure we'll get to it at some point, but got into rodeo scene, I'm absolutely loving it. I've been riding for a few years now, and... Super weird thing to get into. Super we weird agree. thing to get into. Uh, but I ended up there, and just absolutely... Like, I love it. It's it's actually... It, it's. It's really hard to explain because it is people take the piss and say it's a lifestyle, but it genuinely is a lifestyle. It's completely different to any sport that I've ever done. And so there's a piss take, there's a joke running around. The MC who runs all these rodeos in WA calls me the concrete cowboy and takes the piss out of me. Right, I work, so, well, so. I work in the city, I wear a suit, and I get to these rodeos on the weekend. But what sort of boots do you wear to your office job? Uh, like to, to my office job yeah. well I get away with cowboy boots occasionally yeah. but it's, see it's different you've got to be a chameleon fit in can RM's you, in the office Ariat's at the show can it's you wear what are the bits at the back of the boot the sharp the, the sharp circular bits the, the sharp oh the spurs spurs do you wear yeah. them into the office no you should no generally not you'd be a real concrete <laughs> Maybe anyway, one day. Continue. But anyway, so I got into this. Anyway, I was, I, I was riding, I started in the novice division and it's, you know, like 70, 80, 100 bucks entry every weekend. And then you I got, pay money. You pay play. Yeah. You pay, you pay entry fee and then there's prize money. It's like going up to a taxi driver, say, I'm going to give you 80 bucks. Can you then run me over with your car? Yeah. And not take P- me home. Potentially. <laughs> potentially, definitely. Or you, you end ever, up, you win his car. Do you ever stay up. on and just ride it over to the side and say, thanks, mate, and hop off? Uh, occasionally or do you, yeah occasionally you get out of there um, it gets higher the more rides you have okay 
but, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, so anyway, I was paying a bit of entry fee, and then I was like, I'm driving all over the place. So I went to a mate, and I drove to Newman, which from Perth to Newman is 1260 k's. So it's 14 hours driving for the weekend. He bucked off in about three seconds, and uh, that was his trip. He's literally driven 28 hours return for three seconds of entertainment, and it cost him, and he paid money to play. So I was doing this. And Just I'm, a quick interruption. You used to get upset if we drove like three hours to a surf and yeah. we surfed less than what we drove. Mm, mm, and mm. I think... It, <laughs> I'm a changed man. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Western Australia these days. It's Driving all, is what you do. It's all about the adventure, not the time spent. Is what you, yeah, what do they say? It's, it's about the journey. The journey. Yeah, yeah. Tell us more about <laughs> the journey. So... This you know, is the me. reason I keep interrupting is because I think it's a ridiculous pastime, but I'm excited to go and see it. Um, right, so paying, paying my entry fees. Then I started, I'm driving all these places. I'm going to do Saddle Bronc as well. So I entered Saddle Bronc. So that gave me two events. Then I qualified for the Open Division. So now I go to a rodeo and I pay entry fees for Novice, for Open Bull, and a Saddle Bronc. So I'm up for like 300 bucks a weekend, right? And it's expensive, especially petrol? when you're learning. But well, petrol is petrol. You know, you can spend that on the piss. I drive into the country instead. Kilometer so, drive in a four wheel drive. That's got to cost. Yeah, it costs fuel. But I, I like petrol money doesn't exist to me. You put, you get money, you put it in the tank. It, it doesn't exist because it takes you places. It facilitates experiences. Tell, tell that it's to irrelevant. The, tell that to the Earth's atmosphere. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's irrelevant. So not, only, getting, not only. <laughs> Playing torturing animals, but you're also oh, you making climate change happen. And cows make climate change. Cows yeah. make. T- did you have a fire at your house in Hobart? A fire? Yeah. Do you have? You didn't have natural gas heating, did you? What you? What did you heat your no, house we, with? We burnt wood. Yeah, you burnt fucking wood. Do you know burning wood in a fireplace for two days is the same carbon emissions that your car puts out for the entire year? Two days. Really? That's for you. So you've got a house of four. You know. Eight days a I week. Don't have it's house winter. Before, but well, you know, general area yeah. two point three. You get. But how good's a wood fire on a cold night? <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to torture so any don't, animals. To torture. People are like oh, so fucking bemused by like what is carbon emissions, and then you have a little bushfire go through or a burn off, and it's like, well, anyway, whatever. I, I appreciate. No, I'm, I'm just um, that you're just being I'm all for. You've got just, to, How else are you going to get there? You've always been my voice of reason, Andy. <laughs> Well, that was, yeah, voice of unreasonableness. Unreasonableness. Anyway, so I get there. So I'm paying money every weekend. And I was like, right, this is, you're learning. So I'm not picking up any winnings very often, sporadically. So it's like, right, if I'm going to pay these other entry fees, I've got to facilitate this. So I work in an office, right? A financial services company. Um, sounds dodgy. It sounds dodgy. It's not dodgy. Global company. We. I could give you my elevator speech, but I won't. But we. Um. So basically, in the business, everybody's into markets, economics, finance, whatever. That's trans loosely translated to everybody that works in finance loves a punt. So, one of the blokes in particular was talking about this, and he sort of spurred it, and we we spurred good pun, and we uh, started <laughs> started up rough stock markets. So I basically sell. My entry fee is hundred bucks. You give me ten bucks during the week, and you get ten percent of my winnings if there's any winnings. Yeah. Right. So first week sense. we started this up, nothing. Second second event I started this up. A couple of the boys got paid one hundred and fifty bucks for their ten dollars because and you won. 
because I, I came in. I did a place. I got second, in fact. Is that so, on, on the? So this was the their share on the on the ball on the ball on the ball. Yep. So they got they got a payday. So this created a bit of interest, and it was good because it basically meant I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to ride anyway. But if I can get someone to pay my hundred dollar entry fee, I don't really care about the winnings that I earn. It's going to go back. I'll give it to anyone because I'm going to play anyway. So I started. Uh, so I started the rough stock markets, and we've got bull rides, all the entry fees. Anyway, this week things went next level because my novice ball I scratched from Saddlebronk because my I cooked my shin. I got completely stomped, and it turned purple and blew up. I'll show you later. It's gross my shin at the moment, but show me now. So this is this is two I saw and a half, three weeks later. Yeah, I saw the photos of it. It looked messed up. It was messed up. There's a bubble of blood just there. Like that is like malleable. You, know, you can push it around. And was this poking bit, at his shin right now? And this bit. Oh, it moves. But see, it does that. Yeah, that's not right. So this. So he's like, whole he pushes leg. his finger into his shin, and it stays indented like he's made of play-doh. Oh, put yeah. it away. That's really. Look at that. Oh, it's, the other day I broke a bit <clears> off, and it ended up in the bubble of blood. So this is like hard. Have you been to a doctor about this, or have you just decided that's what it is? It, it's. I've decided it's fine. I did go and see a doctor initially, and he said, "Oh, I thought they'd have to cut it and like bleed it out or something." And he's like, "Nah, it's fine. It's not broken skin. It's not going to get infected. It's a shin. You don't need your shin. (laughs) What do you use your shin for? (laughs) Have you thought of wearing shin guards?" Well, it's funny because the week before I got flogged and had a uh, had a compression sock already on that leg when I got stood on. People play hockey. And wear shin guards. People playing yeah. soccer wear shin guards. Let's not talk about soccer. That's it. We don't know. I know. Can't people play soccer? It's people that play soccer are worse than horses. This is the longest explanation. I apologise, but it's my... So, sorry, and it, I continue it, to interrupt. It, it's my... It's um, in my nature to, to tell long but stories. But basically, you're running a short against it. So How I'm running... I run normal markets in investment. You buy a share, you give me 10% for the weekend, you earn 10% in that... Depending on what I draw, what bull I draw, I might tweak it up or like offer odds. So 10% is going to get you 20% in the winnings because the chance of me covering this bull is low. Slim, yep. Yeah. And uh, this week, one of the, the bloke who actually started up was heckling me and he's like, oh, I'll invest in your novi bull, but there's no way you'll cover this open bull. This is before the draws came out as well. And, and he's this like, guy's just talking rodeo just, talking and, and he's like, oh, blah, blah, This proper like private schoolboy from uh, from Perth, you know, works, left our business, used to work with him. He now works for one of the big four banks. And uh, I was like, you know what? And he's like, oh, blah, you're all talk. He's like, and I said, no, nah, mate, you're all talk. Put your money where your mouth is. So I created a short market, much like the big short, which is what they did, shorted the housing market. So the deal is on my open bull. I pay him 10 bucks to start with before we start. Then if I win, he pays me 20% of the winnings that I would have got. So instead of getting one for one, even the winnings that I would have got, now I get twice the winnings for that share from him. So if you look at this from a proper market on the open bull, I've sold 100% of it as a standard shares. So I'm in for a hundred bucks entry. I've sold that. So now I'm square. I'm getting zero. It costs me nothing to enter this competition. If I win, I pay all the winnings out. So I'm net, but I get to go and ride a bull. If you lose, you're even. 
if I lose, I get uh, nothing because I'm zero because my entry fees are paid for me. Now, with the short, right, if I lose, it costs me 10 bucks, I pay him. But if I win, he pays me extra money. So I pay everybody out because I've won and I get to keep a share of his money. So now if I sell the whole short as well, net, I go in, it costs me $100, I get paid if I win, and everybody else gets paid as well from this. So everybody else going into this event gets paid if they win. Yep. I go in, I get paid if I win, and my shareholders get paid if I win as well. Right. So if you get, um, if you sell 100% of your entry fee yeah. and you win and everyone gets paid out, do you get? Do you make any money? Do you save a percentage for yourself? Generally, I retain a little bit. I try and retain twenty percent, which is twenty percent equal to the cost. If I if I place or get a good good number, that'll cover the entry fee. So I will walk out even because it'll cover the other okay. events that I enter. So and this is all legal, completely illegal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking pretty low low monies here, aren't we? Oh yeah, yeah. Low, I think low we should, once you become professional, we can ramp it right up. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely sign up. We'll change the name of this to. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's created some interest and it's facilitated me going to rodeos and basically riding for free because the except for the petrol money, except for the petrol <laughs> money, which I'd be spending on piss if I stayed at home anyway. But the people that go like it, you know, people that you're riding against, and no offense to everyone because it's an incredible family, but it's young blokes. They're all bendy as hell. I'm over thirty. Like no one starts bull riding at thirty one. It's ridiculous behaviour. So what I is ridiculous? I've got to be a little bit smarter Consi- than them, especially considering you stopped playing footy because you were injured, and instead took up bull riding. Yeah, and there's an explanation for that as well because it makes sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it does. No, you don't have to explain it to me. Like that's two hours of contest playing footy. Yep. Where every movement is above your head, or it's one contest a week, or three contests a week. Just so, three cracks. That's so it. footy is like running down the middle of the highway for two hours. Yeah. Um, bull riding is just, just running, running out in front of a one car, yeah. knowing you're going to get hit by it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Cool. But anyway, that's so it. on Dike Saturday Russian. there's a bull ride in Mandra. Yeah. We're in Perth. Mandra is what an hour and a half south. No, that's that. like fifty minutes. It's yeah. Like less than an hour. So I'm going to come down and we're going to record a podcast episode live from the what do you call it from the <laughs> from the rodeo from the rodeo yeah and uh, I'll I'll drink heaps of bush chooks and interview Good. people and interview you and okay. you can tell us how you're feeling before and after and yeah hopefully you don't get die some, get some rodeo sounds <laughs> you wear a helmet right uh, yeah but when you break open it's optional what does that mean you don't have to wear a helmet. Oh, when you become like a professional in the open. Well, yeah, once you've won a certain amount of money, you don't have to. It's up to you to wear a helmet or not. Who's that? There's a really, there's a YouTube clip you showed me of some like skinny um, redneck guy in America who's like the man. The man, J.B. Mooney. J.B. Mooney. Look up that YouTube clip. J.B. Mooney. There's clips and clips. This is like, he's the point. He's the man. He he's, stands, he's training and standing on a ball. Yeah, this is, this is why he's the man because there's all these Brazilians who are built like you know, strong and they're lean and they're in the gym and they're pumping weights and all this stuff and Mooney's like smoking a dart and he's like, yeah, I just kind of, I just stand on me ball. <laughs> and he's like, 
he literally just goes to the shed and stands on his ball because he's whippy and it's and because it, it is it bull riding is not strength you can't out muscle something that weighs eight hundred thousand kilos. What if you're a Bra- Brazilian jiu jitsu champion? I feel he like that doesn't pull him down and it's, choke him out. It's more like dancing than anything. You got it. It's all about being in time. We'll talk about this with the rodeo podcast. Save some Take of this for the rodeo podcast. We'll go through it. Yeah. yeah. We, we'll talk about how they don't put a fucking rope around the bull's balls. Yeah. Which is the biggest gripe of rodeo. So, rodeo is a pretty crazy thing and just a, another crazy thing that you did uh, somewhere in between when we met and now while you're riding bulls is you rode a bicycle from Perth to Melbourne and you did it without eating any carbohydrates. Which <laughs> and you've probably been on podcast talking about this because you also made a movie about it. I have been on podcast and why'd you do that? Your movie, the three year itch. This is it. This is the give us some is, of that rose. Yeah, this is um the the three year itch. You know, I work a a normal job and then I get like shit. What am I going to do now? I've got to I don't know what it is in me, but I get some I think ideas. It's in a lot of people after like about somewhere between two and three years, you start to think. I'm the same. Like I, my last job I did for four years, and the last year I was like, oh, yeah. "What am I doing?" Yeah, you just need to change. Don't yeah, you? just you got to just switch it up. Some of us change jobs. Some of us take up bull riding. Yeah, yeah. Well, and in this instance, second you, three year itch. Yeah. So tell us about it. I get. I was working. I came over to WA from Perth, so I worked in worked in Melbourne in obviously an office job um, for one of the banks, and then got the three year itch, decided I'm just going to freak out, move over here, worked in mining job, earned some coin. Made that sweet, sweet, sweet mining money. Sweet, sweet pillaging in the Pilbara. But I worked my ass off in that job. Absolutely. When I quit, they replaced me with two people and oh, get they, in. it was they. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Three people, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have even been four eventually. I heard they replaced you with Tate. <laughs> Who? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I um. Anyway, I was just had it in my head. I was like, right, I'm gonna quit this job. I'm gonna ride my bike to Melbourne, and like that was all I could think about. And so I quit the job at Christmas, and then when it wound down, I yeah decided I'd actually do it. And then I mean, shit, watch the movie. I made we literally made an hour documentary with just an idea over a coffee down at Cot with a mate from the footy club and. He was like, you've got to try this diet, low carb, high fat, blew my mind. I've never been on a diet in my life. I thought food was fuel, you know, bananas, rape the bakery. You can vouch that. And then, yeah. I remember when I first met you, you were big on how many wheat bix you could eat, which yeah. is a bit yeah. of an Australian thing. Like, oh, I eat 10 wheat bix. Yeah. It was, that's, that's all food was, fuel. Like, yeah. Smash it. Well, we used to go on surf trips and you would, I would want to go to a cafe or something. And one, you're a massive tight ass. <laughs> <laughs> so come on can we just get some decent food after this surf and you're like no I've got a loaf of bread in the car <laughs> just eat dry bread so eat half a loaf of bread back out there yeah I was just counting calories I was like right water calories I'm in when you and that, and that was outputting a lot though you can kind of eat whatever you, you and you're young as well you yeah. do what you want but that was anyway Creedy's like do this try it out gave me this documentary watched it I was like shit this is there's something about this and then he's like let's make our own doco so Hence, it turned into me riding home or riding back to Melbourne, you know, 3,800 Ks. Then it turned into me doing that without carbs. And then we decided to shoot a half-assed doco that actually turned out to be quite good with completely people volunteering their time 
skills you did you actually supplied a bunch of the music i supplied a bunch of music from my old band thank you very much um, and then the pierce brothers uh pierce lent us brothers, a few tunes as well nicer of them to do it because <laughs> yeah. they can literally sell their music um yeah so it's called fat chance i reckon we'll probably touch on it for a full episode at some point so it's a, let's it's not dive too thing. deep but google that one fat chance warren hepworth it's a good little doco um yeah it's inspiring and it also raised a bit of money for are you okay? Are you okay? We did. I never heard of Are You Okay until you did that, and now Are You Okay's they've gone strength to strength in the last couple of years, so that's good. Yeah, they're all right. Bit of confirmation bias in there probably as well. I don't know what that means. Confirmation bias. Sure. Oh, because I hadn't heard of it, and then you did it. And now I see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when your mate buys a certain type of car, and you and see it's it everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Could yeah. be that. Could be that you just made them better. Could be. <laughs> roll with the ladder but that's yeah well that's a whole podcast episode to get onto at some point yeah we can talk about that and how I get stalked from around the world by strange people in Sweden wanting to know who I am yeah and I had to change my name on Facebook don't go searching for me really like you're that worried about it there's some really no worry it's just annoying I was just getting like can you imagine being actually famous obviously they don't roll their same names on Facey no I was getting one every two or three days of people adding me and like I don't, I don't know who these people are. Well, the thing is, you're looking at it the wrong way. You don't know them, but you've inspired them in some way and they want to talk to you. So you almost but, needed to create a separate account. Well, there's a website. Like it's messages. Yeah, so, but, you know, there's yeah. a Facebook page. But people want to... These days, people can... That's how they access. Like, if you're a celebrity, you can, you're accessible. Yeah. And not you, though. <laughs> <laughs> not this guy. No. I am, I am out of the woods. But, um, so, oh, and we touched on there. So, um, since I've known you, yep. you've obviously, your passion, apart from stranger surfboards from Tasmania. It's not my passion. <laughs> I do own a stranger surfboard that I've had for a long time. But you still own that door? Yeah. The door. The it's been, door. So, it's been passed around probably four or five people to learn good. to surf on. Oh, good. So, it's actually, for one purchase, it's probably taught. Five people had a surf. That's, that's pretty sick, actually. The door. I love it. The it door. still goes. But, uh, and you jump on it, it's fun. Anyway. Aside from that, though, music. Like, fuck me. Music. I, music is an intelligence that I cannot even begin to fathom. Like, the, I don't have the ears for it. I can't even... It's like... It never stopped you having a crack at it. Like you've... <laughs> I had a crack. Yeah, I found the good. only songs that I can sing and play are the songs I write myself because no one can tell me that I'm playing it wrong. And you've written two of the great songs. We maybe we'll play them on the podcast. One called. We could play that together. Oh, we did we I'd write like that it. one together? We need Alicia Lavajon. Alicia Lavajon. And Fifey's Five. All You. Fifey, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh... Ooh. <laughs> we'll beep that name out. <laughs> Although it is. It's a great song. Uh, the name of the song is. But yeah, I, I started playing music in primary school, played the recorder, played the trombone, and then decided I didn't like the trombone, wanted to learn guitar, learned guitar, learned a bit of drums, and um, played in bands um, through like school. But then when we were hanging out at Hotham, I didn't really play any music, and then slowly got back into it with a band called No Photo, N-O-F-O-T-O. You met Trav the ne- the following year or the first year? We yeah, I met, so I met this guy called Tommy G. Tommy G. Tassie, the year after that, and we went back up. We lived in Dinner Plain, and we played. That was the uh, we were playing covers at the local local bar there, High Plains, every Friday night. 
drinking free booze and playing Jimi Hendrix covers. And um, then we took that back to Tassie and added a few more members and wrote songs. And Where'd you play in Tassie? What was the name of the pub near Dan's place? For when we first went back, we played at the pub called The Maypole. Yeah. And they were, they're legendary nights, just <laughs> debaucherous. And if, yeah, no photo of playing at The Maypole. It, the pub, it was just a normal sort of rough pub that not many people go to. But when we played, it's just like young crew would come down and just completely write themselves off and trash the whole place. And they would make heaps of money, so they'd let us do it. It was pretty crazy times. Um, the song's written about that, uh, about that very pub. What was the... Um, I read a, a review in one of the, whatever the Hobart music magazine is, of, and it was about you guys, and it pretty much just focused on Tommy G at the end of his set just like so tired, ready, like done. You'd played like three encores and he just, what did he do? He like, oh, no idea. He, like, he, he plays out the last song and then kicks his drum kit into the crowd, like in front of him and then dives over the drum kit and then just like walks out of the pub yeah. and goes to his car. And that was like the reviews, like Tommy's, Tommy's nap time. Tommy's fucking over this. He doesn't want to play anymore. That was in the review in the Hobart, like whatever their base no, or whatever they called it. No memory <laughs> it was of that. Brilliant. I'm sure that's on record. I hope it is. In in the archives and then that band. So that band. Into... When I moved to Melbourne, we kind of went out in a blaze of glory, um, in Hobart, and then had a couple of years off, and then played sort of acoustic stuff, just acoustic covers around Melbourne. A little, not even around Melbourne, just at one bar every Thursday night, which was pretty fun. We were just hung yeah. over every single Friday for about two years yeah that but that was the reason I had to leave the bank I would I would literally turn up because we if there was surf on the weekend we'd leave Friday night go surfing or to the snow disappear come back into work on a Monday like barely slept absolutely cooked I'd turn up to work for a rest yeah and then and then it'd get to and Thursday and you'd be feeling again. feeling good you're like right let's get lit let's go <laughs> like, Go to go to Marmalade Bar, cause a scene, turn up hungover Friday, and like work just seemed like a breeze yeah. these days. Well, the yeah. thing is, well, when you're you that tired, I wasn't. I was at uni. I actually I worked on and off, but my job wasn't as important to turn up to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of no photo, just to jump back. What we did do with no photo is we wanted to go to Japan and we wanted to shred power and play rock and roll music. So we're like, all right, we knew one guy that lived over there. It was like, let's just turn up. We, so we emailed one pub and said, hey, how you going? We know photo. We play rock and roll music. Can we come and play in Huckleba? And they wrote back and was like, yeah, come. So we... What, <laughs> Who was, how did you know? Who was this? Uh, so uh, through, just through Mount Hotham, there was yeah. a guy that had worked there that now owned a um, accommodation in Huckleba, Japan. And we... Anyway, what we did, we took... So we wanted to take a drum kit over there. So we filled the drum kit with all Tommy G's clothes so he didn't have a suitcase he had a bass drum which had other drums in it and clothes and then we had some guitars and stuff and we just flew to Tokyo <laughs> we were like oh they're going to bust us for for um, working illegally but as if we were going to make any money they didn't bust us so anyway we are um, too polite in Japan yeah, <laughs> oh, just come in. Yeah. what's this for oh, no. we had nowhere to stay no idea how to get there We so we're walking around the streets of Tokyo with this drum kit guitars and stuff and we had no accommodation, so we ended up at two in the morning going into a karaoke bar and sleeping, renting out a room and sleeping on the ground of it while there was 
just noisy Japanese people sing karaoke all night. But anyway, next morning we, we got the train up to the bar, Hakuba and we went into the bar where they're like, yeah, you guys can come and play, walk in. Beautiful drum kit sitting there already set up <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. anyway, what happened to Tommy's drum kit? Did you leave it there? You take, no, did he carry it he back? He it back. It's, it, he was pretty good with ropes and stuff. He'd rigged up a system that he could carry it sort of on his front. <laughs> yeah. Tommy G absolute Tommy, weapon Tommy G is an enigma I haven't seen him for years because mm. he taught me to sail which is something I've just recently got into really but it, I noticed that on your Instagram that you're sailing yeah week. fuck we went to when um, Brad and I another trip oh this was shit when was this so post uni trip of a lifetime that I dreamt about my best mate Brad to live in a car for oh, two mate. years fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll write that that's on record I'm happy. on record I'm happy. it's on, yeah. it's on the yeah. record get in line <laughs> it, what a great man what a what a champion of bloke he, uh, so Brad and I dreamed about this and he was doing a mechanic apprenticeship I had uni we finished at the same time two, two years around Australia or 18 months it turned out being we literally just lived in a car around Australia traveling and one of our first bits was like we'll go from Melbourne we'll go to Tassie test out all the gear and whatever anyway Tommy Tommy's like oh come come uh, jump on the yacht oh he owned a yacht he was living yeah, on a yeah he yacht. was living on a fucking yeah. yacht at one point but it was moored out um, on Tasman Peninsula somewhere do you remember where that was yeah uh, Cunha I think oh Cunha. no it was yeah, a no. new, new Beena but his, his yeah. parents were living in Cunha in Cunha yeah. yeah so we get on this yacht we like stayed out there the night got up at like 4 in the morning it was just stupid I think it was May so it was it was ridiculous, like dark. Tommy's, Tommy's rowing me out to the yacht in the little tender, which was about three foot long. And every stroke he takes... this coffee table. Yeah, yeah. And, and every stroke he took, because there's, there's two paddles, but not enough room for two people to paddle. So I'm sitting on the bow of this tender, and he's, and he's like, oh, sorry, in the stern, and he's like rowing, looking into my eyes, and it's pitch black, and there's just phosphorescence coming off each paddle. So with every like stroke there's just like this beautiful glow and then as the oars go back there's this drip of of like green and blue light and i'm just like Tommy. Just 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 like, Tommy's green eyes Tommy's green eyes it was full on it was like it was acts it was absolutely ridiculous anyway we get on this yacht and then tommy teaches us how to sail like we wake up in the morning or like slept on the yacht and he's like got us going got us underway and then i'm up there with him it's freezing cold and he's showing me his thing or two and then I went down I got a bit cold and Brad came up and showed Brad a thing or two and then switched over and then all of a sudden like Tommy's asleep and like Brad and I are like sailing this yacht off like <laughs> out of storm bay. 10 minutes out of Storm Bay back towards Hobart and I was like well, we kind of know the way we just like absolutely no idea what the hell we're doing so it was a 30 foot yacht it was a decent like it was, yeah, big decent size yacht yeah it was how big they are ridiculous and we sailed back and there's this at one point there's this boat like tacking towards us just we do we're on the opposite tack so we go away from each other and we come in and we go away and the channel that we're sailing out of is like getting narrower and narrower so our tacks are getting Tommy closer asleep? Tommy's asleep Jeez. Tommy's Tommy's below deck asleep there's this kid's book on like that says like how to sail in colourful letters like clearly aimed at like primary school kids Brad's got the book out trying to oh learn to he's like fuck who's got right of way here I've like, no idea we just figured that they didn't want to run into us as much as we didn't want to run into them and yeah. they'd probably give way that was, was our theory I did the opposite trip went from Kettering and we were going to New Bina. yeah and I, we, I can't remember if we left 
late at night and went through the night. But I remember Tommy went to bed and I was left <laughs> steering the ship and I have no idea what I was doing. I was like, this is fine because we're out in the middle. Yeah. But as soon as we get anywhere near land or other yachts, like there's no way. I'll just jump overboard. <laughs> You've got that iron pot to get past, don't you? The, yeah, well, we're well yeah. out past the iron pot then. But. That's a, that's this, the uh, first or second commercial or lighthouse in Australia. That lighthouse, the iron pot. There you go. Fair dinkum. That is a true and correct fact. So you could see the whales that you were harpooning <laughs> at the mouth of the Derwent River. Get in there. They had like a two-story house out there for like 100 years. It's ridiculous. I tell you what, that's that's a lifestyle right there. Is lighthouse man in Tasmania? Light. There's some bloody good lighthouses that you could just if you don't like people, get on. Get well, on this the was lighthouse. close. They're South Arm. They had to row to South Arm for the kids. So the bloke who lived there, yeah, fuck knows why I know this, but I do. But the guy that lived there had eleven kids, and that's why they built a two story house. So they had it sounds super dodgy. He's he's like there. It's only what a couple hundred meters off South Arm. Uh, a K? Oh, geez, I can't remember. A K? It's not, it's not far. that far. No, like we, we've taken um, like the rubber ducky out there. And yeah, stuff. it's super close. So he had this two-story house built by the government so he could live there. And he and his kids eventually had to go to South Arm. They went to South Arm sailing back to actually grow vegetables at South Arm because they couldn't get the... It's just like this limestone rock that there's nothing there. When you've got 11 kids to feed, you pretty much need to grow vegetables somewhere else so first one of the first lighthouses there one of the first lighthouses to uh, change to uh, solar power as well and here's here's a uh, secret spot alert I think you can surf the iron pot what? there's a point break that on the right swell breaks around one of the sides of it really don't, don't tell a point break on, the, on yeah. a proper point swell I don't know Never. Don't, we won't talk about it I don't know I don't actually know Good luck to you there. Yeah, mental. There you go. That's. Uh, I was just looking at it on Google Maps, and it's reminding me there's some other like little waves around there as well that you wouldn't bother going surf, but but they exist. Hobart, they exist, and I surf them because <laughs> I, you know that's what you do when you're frothing, living on South Farm. Yeah, Hobart's just uh, the biggest hoax for waves of all time. How do we get on to talking about lighthouses? To know, but you know what. You're on to something there. Tasmania is a great surfing destination, but it's so fickle. If you think... I, I think Victoria is probably the best, most consistent surf area in the country. Margs. You've got you to put... Margs is... Margaret River, maybe, yeah. For swell. Look, it's Indian Ocean swell. But You've got I'd, I'd like to know swell. if we were going to... Like come up with a measure because yeah. Margs has a lot of big sort of onshore days. Yeah, but there's points and points slabs and, and wrapped and bays and all sorts. But of I just stuff feel like there. you can't really beat Victoria. You've got the surf coast. You've got the the beaches that are all offshore in summer. Yeah, there's never a day where summer is not really pumping. Pumping. It, but it's it's completely different to the east coast. Like South Australia, Vico and WA gets a bit of that as well. Mm. And I think the East Coast is... But the East Coast has too many flat spells. Too many, like like proper... Remember... Spoiler alert, Victoria is the place <laughs> Don't to be. tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, the, also the Garden State, also on the move. 
on the, the Victorian it's number the plates education in state. The education yeah. state. Yeah. Is it? Is it? I think yeah. so. Yeah, because got the best universities. Yeah. Oh, Melbourne Uni. Everyone in Melbourne. One thing about Melbourne is they're all about what school you went to and what uni you went to, and it's really bad. Really? Oh, big time, especially when you're in the in the working around at where I used to work. There's a big graduate program, so you yeah. get all these grads coming in from um, yeah, and that's that's what they talk about. It's fucking sad. But if you're luckily if you're from Tasmania and you tell people you went to Claremont High School, they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that makes a lot. Anyway, anyway, we were. Yeah, I don't know how we got onto that, but this is how our conversations go quite often. Yeah, with fucking tangents, and then inspired by small pieces of. But tonight, news. this is we're just. I feel like we've only touched on a few little bits and pieces, but it's a slight introduction to who we are. But what 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 are we going to do with the podcast next? Like, we're gonna. What are we going to do? You tell me. The. Well, the idea behind this was that I love a good podcast. I like podcasts that are conversational, right? And there's got to be some banter and some laughs. And I think this has been not that funny. I've been pretty funny. You've been funnier. I'll give you You, you points. You haven't made me laugh once. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't laugh at me. Well, the thing is, we did a test podcast for this and it was way funnier, but we were way drunker. So there might be a learning in there. There's a learning, there's a balance. We've had, originally, a working title for this podcast was Rosé Cocktails, which, mm. uh, because for the first podcast, well, the pre-pilot, as we called it, which is out there, which exists, but you won't find it unless... Unless you, you email us and we'll us. send it to you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we literally... Think there's stories about... Um, there's weird shit on the, that. About it was, the, Prince, the Prince of Denmark and a dirty pair of underpants... Yeah. Uh, what other teasers do we have on there? Oh, uh, um, not Sally Fitz. Um, a few surfers. <laughs> Who was the two is extra drive? Lane, yeah, oh, some... Wayne Beachley, the two is extra drive women yeah. surfing. Um, look, there was a, a fair bit of looseness. Anyway, we shotgunned a bottle of rosé and between us, and then just like pressed record and went for it. And oh, I've made big data on Uber. We should on Uber. We big data on. Tinder. We should do an entire episode on that because I have ideas. Neither of us being Tinder users, no, at all. But ideas, yeah, of of you, what you don't use Tinder. But anyway, but what we would like to do, conversationless. We we maybe we'll have topical. We'll have a topic that we can learn about for some of them. Some of them will just talk smack. Some will get people on to talk to. My, my favourite podcasts are ones where you're learning something. I don't claim to be an expert on anything. I'll try and talk about it. I know a few you weird facts. You must be an facts. expert on... I know a, weird shit. I know weird... Th- I know the bloke who invented toilet paper. You know the bloke? Well, I didn't meet him. It was 1850s. You know who the bloke is? Like, yeah. This, like, it only occurs to me how we, I know weird facts about, if you about had a- toilet paper. Because oh, do you know the difference between a bidet? You know what a bidet is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a bidet. I know. I know what a bidet is. It's you, where where are they? The well, European the thing is, like, if you go to Japan and sit on one of these toilets, there's two settings for the bidet. Yeah. But a bidet is for the ladies, and then the other one 
is for everybody, if you know what I mean. So there's, yeah. So there's two settings. Yeah. One for the ladies only. Yeah. Which, if you use, just sprays your balls. <laughs> yeah. That's but that's a nice. that's a bidet, I think. And then the other one is for everybody. Right. <laughs> Again, this is a weird <laughs> tangent. We should just call it tangents. Tangents. Tangent, but I wasn't Andy. The um, what I want. I like podcasts that people talk about things there's banter this thing but you want to learn something right we want to learn and we something. don't claim to be experts on things i know some weird shit about weird topics for weird reasons and i'm sure you do i've picked your brains before well let's make the next things. episode a little bit more we'll choose something that we're going to talk yeah, about yeah definitely we this is we'll have we'll bring topics someone in. that we'll talk about and bringing people in well we already decided between, we've got a rodeo episode oh yeah we're going to do the rodeo we're going to a rodeo i'm going to competing the you're turning up so this will be one we're more sort of we'll record over a couple of days the pre radio during the radio and then post radio yeah and hopefully it's not from a, my house and not a hospital not a hospital yeah, yeah. I'm the looking front. forward to it uh, I'm coming down yeah you've got your little nephew coming down our mate Tate's coming down yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun um, Mandra the home of Neck Tats Neck <laughs> Tats City so right the potty we're gonna try and educate people we're gonna get experts in we're going to tell some stories, hopefully, among this, because between you and I, like, we lose our shit over frothing on stories, A, things we've done together, but stuff that we've done individually that I think is pretty left field for some other people. There's there's plenty of stories. I don't think we've got there today. music, riding bikes across the country for no reason, riding bulls, playing footy, like, it doesn't matter, like, and then working office jobs around that. Um, there's not as many interesting stories with the office jobs but there's the, <laughs> there's the there's some one. weird people there's in offices some weird office people but um, we're going to have we're going to have segments right everywhere you've got to have a segment yeah I've got two segments two segments alright segment one Seg- segment one and segment two yeah which are you going to go for I don't know what you're actually thinking right now S- you tell me which one do you want to do the first one is well, is this for guests? This is for guests. So what we're going to do for guests is you've got to pull your mobile phone out. Look, grab your phone now. Yeah. And you open up your Uber app. And what you're going to do is find your Uber rating. So you go Uber, let it load. Anyway. Uh, Straight up. Mine's, I'm on an Android uh, uh Yeah, it's, it's right here. there, isn't it? Yeah, it's right so there. So basically, Maybe. you're going to take your Uber rating. And your so Uber rating... Is going to be a proxy for how good of a person you are. A human. How good are you doing life? Because Uber doesn't discriminate. So if you're a five, you're you're a, you're a legend of a yep. person. You're obviously a really thoughtful <laughs> and caring person. Maybe. I reckon. Or you? If you are four point five <laughs> or below, you're a piece of shit. Do you reckon? Four point five. Yeah. Judged on the average person's taken, you know, fifty Uber trips. To, to drag your ass down there because you have to fuck up to get less than a five. It's like, how is this trip standard five done? Yeah. I think if you've ever five. been in an Uber drunk, you might have dropped down. Yeah, sure. But if you've But got, that's one every now and you know. Well, let's just say if you're below four, you are Hitler. If you're yeah. four to 4.5, you're a piece of shit and then we'll figure out the rest from 4.5 to five. All right. I'd like to set a benchmark. <laughs> set, set the benchmark. <laughs> For maybe good blokes, you know, not bad humans start at say 4.75 I like that that's cool. middle because that's good to be honest if you're 5 you're, you're too good 
Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Come on, it's coincidentally also my Uber rating. Four point seven five on the top. Not a complete piece of shit. <laughs> not a piece of shit. In the good, possibly positive, possibly a positive mark there. So I use Uber for work a fair bit, and I feel like that drags it up because I'm dressed neatly. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I have a little bit of banter. We talk about the uh, the economy, what's going on in Australia today. I got a couple of Ubers on the weekend. Yeah, um, oh, after the is... races, and I was, yeah. I was pretty drunk, and I was worried that it might pull it down. But I'm still sitting on five stars. That's fucking rubbish. Okay, so we did the pre-pilot, the hidden episode that's out there somewhere. We did this, and you just got a new Uber account at I that had, time. I got a new Uber account, and new I was, phone. I was going to find the old Uber account and see what my actual rating was. So I'll do that for the next episode the next, because five is cr- no one's a fucking five this no. is what I this is exactly what I mean by it's you based, have to yeah it's not based off enough trips I'm definitely yep. not a five how many trips are you got then? you know what I'm pretty respectful in Ubers but I've also taken Ubers with friends who aren't as respectful as me yeah and I will cop it for that yeah so, so look let's say tentatively I'm a five one of the great people that you've ever come <laughs> across no I want to see for the, for the next episode Andy's Actual, actual Uber rating from the previous Ubering. I'll have to jump on, on the website. And yeah, we'll figure that out. I want your history. Okay. I want to know. So I'm... what we're saying, if you're below four, you're Hitler. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know anyone below four. Well, you don't Surely. know. We're going to find out. Surely this, you've downloaded this... the app and oh. vomited it in the Uber on your first on trip. Your first <laughs> and then, because <laughs> even if you take, you know, five trips after that, you get a zero and you get a five, you're still averaging back above four. Yeah. Like, there's no one's causing a scene there. No. Like, you're up and about. But anyway, we can agree that we'll start a rating system. I'm on top at the moment and you're <sighs> second. Yeah. All right, we'll take it tentatively. And the second thing that we want to ask all our guests and each other each week, yep. or each episode, what are you frothing on this week? What's got you pumped this week? This anything week. and this is, doesn't have to be restricted to in any way it can be a anything. podcast you listen to a song a kid getting swooped by a magpie on his bike and he falls off and runs into a tree it's if it made you froth i want to hear about it yep something What's i just thought of something because it's it's been a, a week of just mainly work and stressing but i did go um so i didn't get on to before i've got another band at the moment called the bitter men and we're recording an album at the moment. And yeah. that's our that's the Bitterman and our intro song. And I was in the studio on Monday night doing the finishing touches. And I got to play a synthesizer. I can't even think what it was called. But it was a $17,000 synthesizer. <laughs> and it made What's a noise. It, how do you play a synthesizer? Like, is it's it a just keyboard? A, it's a keyboard. But it, it, so a synthesizer um, uses electronics to make a, yeah. sound, make a sound wave or two sound waves. And then yeah. you can make crazy sounds. And it's all yeah. done... At, through analog electronics well this one was and it's like a legit old one from the 80s that's like 15 grand's worth and the sound that came out of it rocked my sternum and it sounds <laughs> sick have you got it? I've got can you yeah here we go <laughs> so this is Can't even see the video. <laughs> there you go. That got me pretty pumped. <laughs> <this week. laughs> 
Good. All right. Yeah. Sick. That's um. That's something that got you pumped. But that week. was it because the rest of my week has literally been working, thinking about work, and being generally pumped by my work. That's not in a good way. Not pumped up about work. No, pumped from pumped behind. From behind. Yeah. The down head buried underneath the yeah. pillow, driven hard, maybe tapping the forehead against the wall, yeah. sort of pumped. That's right. Yeah. Okay. The wrong kind of pumped. Yeah. So fair enough. Have you um, been frothing for this week? What have I been frothing on this week? Um, I've actually, and I alluded at it before, sailing. I've been frothing on mm. sailing. I don't sailing. I, it's so stupid. Like we, it should be something that I've got into. I'm a bit scared of starting or trying kiteboarding it's, it's, because I've got that thing that I need to be good at something, and I and it's going to catch me, and then I'll just have to devote time and coin to kite surfing until I'm good at it and that's and, and do I you don't want to be that, that guy yeah. really this stops genuinely stops the fucking puppet like Pinocchio you know hanging from strings but it makes sense in this state anyway I've, so I've had my little teaser at it is is a bit of sailing I went the other weekend with some friends on the river cats in Perth which is just a little basic catamaran there's one sail there's no spinnaker you've got a rudder and just to like feel have you ever done it? Have you sailed like a small cat or something? Yeah, not for a long time, but I have. Just that when you've like got your it's scary hand on the rudder and the and you're like trimming the sail and you're feeling like that point where the wind's coming in the right angle and you trim the sail just right and it picks up and you it's properly got me frothing like it's it yeah I just felt it and so of that combined with my nephew coming over, my 11-year-old nephew that's uh, flying over from Vico to Coming to visit. When Uncle does he Oz. arrive? Tomorrow morning. Woo. We've got him here. So are you working tomorrow or you got the day? No, no, I'm, I'm locked out. I'm, I'm got time. I'm taking him sailing. Nice. Wind's up. Checked it. I got my froth on. Just and, uh, in, in the... We're gonna, just in the river, in front of the, the city. River. It's yep. sick. It's like 50 bucks, hire a thing for an hour, hour and a half. Nice. And you just cruise. It's cool. Like, Sounds that's what's cool. got me frothing. You know... Absolutely. Sailing scares the shit out of me, but I love the idea of if you were good at it, and then when you're older, you buy a yacht and you see these blokes you that do places. it, and they're just the most chilled out dudes yeah. you ever meet, and they're just sailing around the world. But, oh, that feeling of where you feel the wind. You know, everyone's on renewable energy, but you feel that wind hit the sail in the right angle, and you're just pulling it, and you're transposing that energy from that's just there anyway into forward motion I don't know it's cool it was yeah I really appreciate it which is a weird thing to froth on but you know I've frothed on much weirder things in the past sounds good that's and on sure. that note let's end it and maybe we should go and get some dinner down so, the road oh, Northbridge yeah. so this has been one off the wood one off the wood in this case this one, is the bottle, one bottle of rosé off the wood today and I'm going to test drive a little outro song right now drop it I'll do the fade out. The manual fade out. Oh yeah, we're brought to you today by BK8 Outfitters. Instagram influencers. Um, what's the promo code you can use at BK8 Outfitters? Um, 2018 Wazza. 2018 Wazza. We're also brought to you by The Beer Farm. Because those guys make the best beers of all time. Yep. And the bit of end.com. Yeah. Peace out. Woo.
Scales out. 